Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Monday. Super Bowl is done. The NFL season is done. And now we wait for the countdown to the start of the 2024 season. It's a bittersweet day, Hans. Very Sep- bittersweet. Sep- September cannot get you here soon enough. Come on. At least give me some spring ball now. Give me something. I need some type of football. Yeah. It's always hard when it comes to an end. But, it, man, it, what a great ending. Great fireworks to end this thing. I thought Vegas did a really good job of hosting the place. And, you know, they, they added some elements of Vegas to the intros and to some of the pregame festivities. And there was even a Vegas flair there with Usher at halftime. You saw some of the contortionists and, and other things that were going on. But, man, I thought it was fireworks across the board. I thought it was a great finish to the football season. Well, joining us now, Vinny Iyer, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us from the Sporting News, also uh, part of the Lockdown Network as well. Super Bowl is done, and Vinny's here to help us recap it. Vinny, how are you, man? Hey, Vinny. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. So when you look at the um, the Kyle Shanahan overtime, should he have kicked, should he have received players didn't know the rules or at least are claiming they didn't know the rules is this a blemish on Kyle Whit- or uh, on Kyle Shanahan yeah I think this is an area that he kind of struggles with um, and it's tough I mean you kind of learn that as you go along as a coach I mean we know where he kind of cut his cloth like in terms of him being a great offensive schemer and he's excellent at that we know that he's good at designing an offense finding players to fit that offense and really maximizing their strength. That's what he does. And he's an overall good leader. We know that. But these type of things in bigger games can really get in the way, and some coaches are just good at it, the tactical parts of the game, where you're preparing your team as well as possible for all the situations. And I think that's kind of how the Chiefs have operated under Andy Reid, that they're going to be prepared for everything. And – I think maybe you get caught up in designing all these fancy things you can do, probably spend some time trying to figure out how to set up the Juwan Jennings play, right? But maybe like, okay, maybe we should have spent a little bit more time. Okay, these are the new overtime rules. We've got to play it a little differently. And you could tell, like, his answer was kind of weird, like saying, okay, we wanted the ball third. Wait a second. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball second, period, in any situation. So I think you go back to the Falcon Super Bowl, maybe making a few – mistakes there and the play calls and not running the clock off in the right way or protecting the quarterback when you have a big lead. So that was something that he's rude a little bit the earlier game that just got away from them when they were up 10 points. So look, there's a lot of questions about that for Kyle Shanahan. And look, he's a great schemer, but now it comes down to can he evolve as a head coach? And keep in mind, Andy Reid, a lot of questions about how he managed the game his challenges, his clock management when he was a coach of the Eagles. He figured that out as he went along, and he became the coach he was today. So maybe just needs a, a few bits of seasoning and learning from those mistakes to turn it around. Let's talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes' performance in this game. You know, just a few days before, his dad gets another DUI, his third, and, you know, he's dealing with so much different uh, so many different distractions with his wife and with the team and Taylor Swift and everything that's going on. And he just seems to laser, laser focus himself in the pantheon of great quarterbacks. How great is he? And is he just starting or is he just starting the decline? Well, I think he's in his prime right now. I mean, he's just turning uh, 28. So, I mean, he's, he won't be turning 29 I think, until September 17th. So 
he's got a long way to go before he's going to hit 30 here in, in his prime year. So if you look at the body of work over six seasons as a starting quarterback, getting three Super Bowl titles, getting to another and having an AFC championship, winning two MVPs, some of the numbers he's putting up, the pace. When you combine all that and put it in a blender, I mean, this is the best start we've ever seen by a quarterback from the first six years as a starter ever in this league in terms of winning championships, in terms of putting up numbers, in terms of the eye test with the arm, the athleticism, making plays, executing the efficiency. He's one of the most uh, well-rated passers now in NFL history, just uh, trying to get ahead of Pat or Aaron Rodgers in this current era. So, And that number is important because a lot of those guys that are highly rated over the years win Super Bowls, and it kind of rates how good they are in – those type of performances, not making mistakes. So everywhere you look at it, he's on the trajectory to be the GOAT. Right now, you got Tom Brady, of course, having seven Super Bowl rings, and Patrick Mahomes is not even at half that. So that's one way to measure a quarterback, but you can also measure the stats and the ability and just the eye test. So right now, if you say compare Tom Brady six years in and Patrick Mahomes six years in, you're going to say, yeah, I think there's a clear winner here. So but the key, sticking around, being healthy, and being able to produce at a high level deep into your career. So um, Andy Reid says he's coming back, and I don't, you know, I obviously, you know, like you get to a certain age and you want to <laughs> settle down and enjoy the family and travel a little bit. But when you have this juggernaut of a team returning, I, I can imagine you'd still want to be a part of it. Do you? Was there any thought at all that he might shut it down after a win, or did everybody on the national scene feel like he was going to come back and run it back again with this squad? I think once we got the answer last year when he beat the Eagles and they won their second Super Bowl, then it was like, okay, I think this guy's in it for a while. He wants to see how far you can take it with Patrick Mahomes, and why wouldn't you want to come back? I mean, it's a great situation. And the other thing he's done is he – Surrounds himself with a lot of guys he trusts. I know they lost Eric the Enemy, but Matt Nagy was someone he had to staff before, so he had him under him offensively. Then Steve Spagnuolo has been now been there for quite a while. Dave Tube, the special teams coordinator, maybe an underrated guy still in this league, and given how his unit performed, I mean, there was a lot of difference on special teams in that game last night. So I think you look at this whole thing he's got a good support system he's got a quarterback who makes things easy he's got veteran leaders there not just with Mahomes or Travis Kelsey Chris Jones whom they'll try to keep above everyone else here in free agency so look as long as he's having fun and you saw him he was having fun like he brushed off a player coming over and pushing him and and he just kind of made a joke about it and then he's diving on the floor there with the Chris Jones of the stadium and then looking at his cheeseburger hunt after the game. I mean, he just seems like he's having too much fun to quit. And I guess if you want to spend time with family and travel, I guess he's doing that right now. The Chiefs have become his family and all the stuff that's come with it. Well, let's jump over to the other side, talk a little bit about San Francisco, because you've got Brock Purdy, who's extremely young and very affordable right now. How quickly does he become unaffordable? And can the 49ers continue kind of their run? Do they look to be set up for longevity and maybe a couple more Super Bowl pushes, or was this a, a one-and-done for them? Yeah, this is a very critical offseason for them because they got to plan ahead a little bit because Brock Purdy, you can't do anything 
because he was drafted as a seventh rounder, you can't do anything with his contract until January 2025. So he, it's status quo, and they're going to get that bargain. But they also have to consider Brandon Ayuk and the contract that he's going to have to ask for. And you've already invested a lot in George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Can you afford one more pass catcher? Do you have to trade him so you can get a high value? Much like we saw with DeForest Buckner, right? They flipped him during the draft trying to get his replacement. And I, I think the 49ers, they are, do a great job with the salary cap and staying ahead of things. They're in a tough cap situation now. So you got to figure that out. How are we going to pay the guys we want for the core? How are we going to replenish some of our weaknesses? They probably will think about keeping Chase Young, but they might not be able to keep him at this rate or don't want to keep him. So they do have 11 draft picks. I think you'll see them attack offensive line defensive line a little bit more with those maybe get a replacement wide receiver so that's how the 49ers will operate I mean that's their MO I think with John Lynch is that if they see a salary issue coming they're going to find a way around it and we think we saw that with Jimmy Garoppolo and trying to make it work with Trey Lance and they ended up working with Brock Purdy even better for them so again just it'll be an interesting offseason but I would expect bolstering the offensive line is going to be critical this offseason when you look at um, overall the uh, landscape of the NFL and the fact that Kansas City for the first time had to go on the road to get to the Super Bowl and play two road games against two really good teams to get there, does this one feel like even a bigger accomplishment than maybe some in the past? I mean, yeah, just look at who they went through, by the way. When you look at it now, it's impressive. I mean, Tua Tagovola led the league in passing yards. That was the first quarterback the defense shut down. Then they kind of uh, didn't treat Josh Allen very well as a passer and shut him down. And Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league, they forced turnovers and stopped him. So they went through those three quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes played, outplayed them all. And then they get the 49ers of Brock Purdy, who led the league in yards per attempt and throwing downfield. And touchdown percentage, they get the best of him. And Mahomes does his thing and kind of ramps up his play during the playoffs. So... Yeah, it's an incredible run. When you go through those four quarterbacks, particularly in this season, I mean, the only thing missing was Jalen Hurts, but they did that last year's Super Bowl. So when you look at it, I mean, it, it is an incredible run, and it's got to be really frustrating if you're a fan of any of those other Nancy teams because right now the only team that has figured out Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is quarterback by Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow's not in the mix and healthy next year and playing at a high level. I mean, it's going to be tough to see someone beating them. I guess a lot of people remember this NFL season as the season of Swift. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, what she added through the postseason and or what she subtracted through the postseason and what she may have done for the numbers. Are we going to see higher numbers off, off ratings and viewership? Yeah, it's very strange to me overall that a minute of – Someone jumping up and down can add that much of ratings to a game. And that's essentially, I think, what it came down to in terms of the screen time for her. So if we're complaining about a minute, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there were some annoying commercials that lasted longer than a minute. The watch that is true. A minute during, <laughs> during the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know what the demographics. I don't think necessarily it's as profound as we think in terms of, okay, if you're a fan of Taylor Swift, if, to see her for one minute, are you going to watch her three-hour game just to do that or just go to her concert, pay a lot of money, or watch a movie? So I don't know how much we will find out later, the impact 
But I think what it did was in the conversation, right, cross it over into the pop culture conversation, bring the NFL into more consideration for people, right? It is, okay, here's a sport, but then it's like, okay, it's now mashed up with the world of entertainment, with the biggest pop star in the world also being attached to the sport. So I think in terms of the brand recognition, the global power of the NFL, it's expanding. I mean, just look what's happening here. You get Rio as a game destination, and then you, or Sao Paulo, I should say, and you turn around and go to Madrid. I mean, the NFL is trying to globally dominate, and of course they're going to use a globally dominant superstar to try to get the means to that end. Vinny, are joining us from the Sporting News right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Obviously, San Francisco and Kansas City are, you know, expected to be very good next year. Who do you think challenges those two teams um, and can do so um, and, and be right there with them next year? Do you think Philadelphia has is, is fallen back? Can Buffalo kind of regain some position? Like, who are you looking at next year if you take those two teams out that should be able to uh, fight for a chance to uh, be in the next Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, you look at definitely the contenders that you had with the Ravens and Bills, but again, Joe Burrow, you saw what he's able to do in a couple games against Patrick Mahomes. He seems to be the guy that, if you're going to pick another guy that's going to get a ring in this window, you would say it's Joe Burrow. And the Bengals need to make some decisions around him, but I think they'll become better and they'll rebound for sure. I mean, they're a very good organization as well and replenishing through the draft and free agency. So that's a team I would watch out for having a big comeback. Of course, the Jets are going to look completely different offensively, maybe with Aaron Rodgers, if he can be healthy and they can make some upgrades there. The receiving core beyond Garrett Wilson, you can see a very scary Jets team because we know how loaded their defense can be and how well it can play if there's an offense to support it. So, Maybe there's a couple teams there, the Bengals and Jets. I think in the NFC, you got to look at Detroit. I mean, that was a great run. They have everything intact. Their coaches didn't go anywhere on the staff. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Lions can do and see if they can push it higher, given uh, they're going to have a lot of draft capital and salary cap space to keep improving their team. How do you think Vegas did with the whole Super Bowl audience? I think it did well. I think the fact that we're gone to the point of mainstream gambling everywhere, it was in our face, that it seemed like the logical next step. I mean, talk about the global domination of the NFL. That space, it was reluctant to go into, but now it's like, let's go to the place, the heartbeat of all this betting action, and have a Super Bowl there. So I'm just shocked at how this turned around so quickly just from like 20 years ago, but Super Bowl in Vegas, I don't know if we had seen it then, but I think they did a good job. But, again, Vegas, between their conventions and their Formula One races, was probably a drop in the bucket event for them. Hmm. Who who won the coaching search um, hires? And I know it's still early to tell, but but who's, who's a team that hired a coach that you thought, okay, that's a good fit, they're better today than they were before? Yeah, I think the obvious choice is Jim Harbaugh. I mean, just being able to get him to come back to the NFL in the right situation, he picked Justin Herbert. We're definitely going to watch the Chargers there, and who knows, they could be the team opening the season against the Chiefs. That would be a pretty good opener to see Harbaugh in that game. And then I think the underrated hire, I think, is Raheem Morris. I mean, he had one run through there 
with the NFC South team in Tampa, but he was much younger then. He's won a Super Bowl as a defense coordinator since. They're borrowing some more of that Rams philosophy defensively and offensively, and we know how good that can be, that Sean McVay's kind of influence goes around the league. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Falcons can do because I think they've underachieved here for three consecutive seasons at 7-10. and 10. I'm in the eye right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. So, uh, what does your uh, what does your off season look like? Are you uh, you uh, you able to get away for a little bit now? I'll try, uh, but <laughs> the biggest thing is I'll, I'll probably pivot a lot to the draft and free agency. Um, well, we're all over that for Sporting News as well. So I'm already looking at who's going to sign where, what contracts are coming, who do I like in the draft. We have mock drafts up, free agent rankings up, big boards up already. So it'll only keep changing as we get combine and all that good stuff and free agency. So NFL really, to me, doesn't rest until May when the draft is over. What uh, is is Caleb Williams your consensus number one, or do you think that uh, that might change uh, going into the draft? I think for now, I mean, if you look at the full body work and people maybe are too focused on – how he was a little bit this year. But if you look over the seasons and what he's done as a polished prospect, you know how special he can be with the right system. So it'll be interesting to see if the commanders go after him. I think that's the biggest thing with Cliff Kingsbury there. Well, we certainly appreciate your time, Vinny. Enjoy the off season, whatever there is, because there really is no off season when it comes to the NFL. But uh, again, thanks for hanging out with us and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon. All right. See you. There he is, Vinny Iyer, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, as the NFL season is now officially done. It was a good season, you know, and I think the NFL is really healthy right now. I think it's extremely healthy. Oh, yeah. I think it's got great quarterback play, young, up-and-coming quarterback play. I think you still have legendary coaches and big coaching names. You've got, as Vinny just mentioned, the entry of Jim Harbaugh now, and that's going to be interesting, him going head-to-head with his brother and so many other great coaches in the NFL. But, man, you think about all the great quarterback play. Yeah, now, the time of the Hall of Famers moved on. Remember, there was a time where we were watching Peyton Manning oh, yeah. and Tom Brady and – and Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, and why am I forgetting Aaron Rodgers? And like there was a time where there was eight, maybe nine Hall of Famers that were playing at the same time, and that was a crazy quarterback play. But we've got these young guys like Tua Tagovailoa. Who knows what that guy is and what he's all about by the time things are all said and done? And let's not forget, you know, Cincinnati gets healthy. Uh, across the board, if Cincinnati gets healthy, they've got a quarterback that's already taken them to one Super Bowl, and he's going to be able to do it again. So, great quarterback play. Well, last night, that Super Bowl was jam-packed with great defensive line play. Yeah, some some of the best collective defensive line play that I'd seen in a postseason NFL game on both sides of the ball. Defensive line was just getting after it, and. Make it a huge difference. San Francisco ended up with three sacks. I want to say seven quarterback hits. Um, Kansas City ended up with one sack and six QB hits. Multiple TFLs. Th- those D-lines were devastating. Yep, yep, and Chris Jones made some huge plays for Kansas City down the stretch. Chris Jones is beautiful. And, and Bosa securing the edge was incredible. His speed and his size. So... 
great defensive line play. Man, you got it all. The NFL yeah. is in a really good spot. Hans and Scotty, we're live here at Jimmy's Flowers. We're in a good spot. Valentine's Day, just 48 hours away. Don't screw it up. Nate's hanging out with us, another generation here at Jimmy's Flowers. How are you, Nate? Good. How are you guys? Good. Man, it's good to see you. It's, it, it, it's been, we've been doing this a lot of years. We're talking with your dad. This is Scotty and I's ninth Valentine's here together. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So we've been representing the Jimmy's Flowers for a long time. Proud to do it, too. Well, good. We appreciate you guys here for sure. Well, we've had a lot of good listeners come on by, and and uh, we joke about how we see them walking out of here with a big bouquet, and they're like, "All right, whew, got that. All right, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be all right." <laughs> you know, you know the pressure of Valentine's Day. Our listeners feel it, and you guys can help deliver. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I'm a guy, right? I know it's it's easy to procrastinate and wait till the last minute. Um, but yeah, we you know we got stuff still available and lots of different price ranges, lots of different styles and options still available so yeah we're here to help i kind of want to paint the picture of that amazing significant others you know when they see these bouquets they see these jimmy's bouquets they're done up different the flowers are more brilliant they smell better and watching your wife's eyes or watching whoever's eyes light up because it's a bit of spring you know it's a it's a bit of new life it's great smells it's stuff that they love and as guys we might not understand it but I know I can see it in my wife's eyes when she sees these flowers. It means a lot to her. They just do something for people on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, it's not something that people are, most people, I guess, are accustomed to having all the time. And, you know, I um, having, be, being in the family growing up, I used to deliver on Valentine's Day. And, you know, the expressions, as soon as people open the door and they see flowers they their face just instantly brights up and so I, I i do miss that part of it but yeah a lot of times when you know those guys or whoever order flowers for somebody we don't get to see that reaction but it, it definitely is there dad had you in the truck huh? oh yeah for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I started going with my brothers and i i'd just be the runner they would have the addresses they'd stop i'd run to the door love it um but yeah hey i want to suggest a power move for our listeners out there Get a Jimmy's Flowers bouquet and have it delivered to the place of work. Yes. Like wherever your wife is, if she's working or she's around flat friends, have it delivered to her work and where she's around all of her friends and make it a big, gigantic bouquet, maybe a box of chocolates on the side. I mean, that that's the power move, isn't it, Nate? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> speaking of delivering, I those are the most fun places to go because you walk in and you see – you know, six or seven people there, and they're all like, oh, is it, who's it for? Who's it for? Yep. Is it for me? Yep. And then you read off the name who it's for, and then they are like, oh, so-and-so got you flowers, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so and the other ones are upset texting yeah. their husband and <laughs> exactly, like, hey, yeah. jerk. <laughs> or one will Don't say, be the jerk this, this Valentine's Yeah, they'll say, you know, is there one on your truck for me, or do you know if there's one coming for me? It's like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know? I doubt it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you go to jimmysflowers.com. Speaking of delivery, there's only a few select spots available for thir- or for Wednesday day so if you want to get in you can go to jimmysflowers.com you go to any of the locations late in ogden bountiful um and make sure you get squared away because time clock's ticking right now we oh yeah go. i mean as we're speaking i mean i every five minutes i'm checking and we got you know 20 30 orders printing off every Holy five cow. ten minutes so the delivery slots are definitely filling Ooh. up filling up quick so well, go to jimmysflowers.com right now. That's jimmysflowers.com. You can also come to Layton, Ogden, and Bountiful. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. It's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. I suspect we're going to see a lot more Taylor Hendricks before the end of the year. What do you make of that? He has to start playing at some point, and I think we can get an asset in exchange for clearing playing time for him. That's what you just did. I think it'll be really interesting to watch. He's been in the G League for a long time. This will rejuvenate him. Some of his play as of late felt a little bit like maybe he'd been there for a long time, and I think it'll be really interesting. He showed defensive flashes. I think he's going to have to learn how to play hard. I think he's going to have to learn how to play every night, which is hopefully two things he learned in the G League. And then I don't expect, like, massive skill development. He's still, you know, over time going to have to learn how to dribble and pass. And I just hope we see a little bit more than just a corner three shooter. Like, I'd like to see him play inside of a team concept now that he knows he's going to be getting 20 minutes of the night. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 The it's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Good, the bad, the ugly right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone, all brought to you by RGS Exteriors. I believe we'll be out there tomorrow hanging out with Tim and the crew. RGS Exteriors and construction obsessed with quality results. All right, for the good. I literally only found one commercial through the entire Super Bowl that I liked. One. Yes. Lloyd says he's got one that, that I didn't see because he mentioned the name that's in it, and I didn't see it. And I don't know. Did you see the Christopher Yeah, Rock I saw one? the Christopher Rock. It's, it was good. Thumbs was, up on that It one? was solid, yeah. Okay, so I actually grabbed the commercial because I, it, it was hilarious. And maybe you disagree, but we talked about the $10 million commercial. Yes, it was $10 million that they gave to one guy, Ben Affleck. So that one guy got $10 million. There were some significant other names, <laughs> including Jennifer Lopez. Yep. Matt Damon. Yep. Tom Brady. Yep. What's the Affleck brother? Ben's ben, or, uh, Matt Damon. Casey, Casey Affleck. Oh. Casey Affleck. It was jam-packed with the biggest names. Okay, so I'm going to set up this commercial, and I'll play it for you in case you didn't get to hear because it truly is hilarious. Ben Affleck for Dunkin' Donuts starts a band called Dun King, brings it into Jennifer Lopez's studio. And was that Fat Joe that's back there? Uh, I'm not sure. I think that's Fat Joe that, that she collaborated with for so many years. So her and Fat Joe are behind the glass. In walks Ben Affleck. Tom Brady is on the, I think it's the synthesizer. Turntable or, or synthesizer. I, I yeah. don't know. He's on something. Matt Damon's over there doing the tambourine. And Matt Damon's lines were the best part of this. Ben Affleck's dancing the second best. And Tom Brady, the third best. But here's the commercial that I thought really knocked it out of the park. I don't think you should do this. Last year she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, flat on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dunk Keys. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Play a coach. Got it. I'm open. And needs no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were going to support me. Dunk Keys! Don't go away. My heart. Why you dunking me, girl? Why you dunking me? Dunk how do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. Here goes Babe Ruth. Tom? 
You can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. <laughs> ah, so good. That might be one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time. Matt Damon's uncomfortable. <sighs> How do you like them donuts? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> you make it really hard to be your friend. Jennifer Lopez telling Tom Brady he could stay <laughs> as everybody else is leaving. <laughs> oh, man. It's really good. It's really good. And, and, and it hit the brand. It hit the brand. Uh, you know, look, Dunkin' Donuts, they got their uh, they got their money's worth out of that one. Yeah, because they've been DOA. So Okay, so they gave Ben Affleck $10 million. According to Ben. According to Ben. Yeah. Is that $10 million across the board for everybody? I, I don't know. They That's probably felt bad for Ben and said, let's throw him a bone. Tom, uh, I mean, look. Who's feeling bad for Ben? Yeah, Ben's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, He's what? freaking Batman. He's doing okay. Yeah, Ben Ben was just a celebrity coach in the All-Star game here. Yeah, but he's Lake the City. least that successful was... of any of these people. He's even less successful Ooh. than uh, his brother. I think oh. Casey's more successful. No, Casey's not more. What What has Casey been in besides Ocean's 12? <laughs> Jeez, the Ben Affleck shaming is rough. I uh, would say Matt Damon's more successful. Yes, Tom Brady's more successful. Tom Brady's more successful. J-Lo's more successful. Come on. Is on no, no, I don't know about I that one. I think I'd take Ben over J. Have yeah. you not seen The Wedding Planner? Come on. Yes, I did, and it's a lovely See? show. I, yeah. he, I knew you'd love it. It has got great comedy, and she I'm, is I'm a I'm surprised nobody's brought up Made in Manhattan. Oh, come on. Of course Made in Another Manhattan. Another great one. Another great one. Both of those are excellent. You're right. You made the case. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> See, told you. <laughs> Okay, what's this other commercial? Christopher Walken um, is essentially everybody likes to do their Christopher Walken impersonation. Yeah. Well, here he is dealing with that. Nice ride. It's the real deal. 100%. Electric. It's the real deal. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Enjoy your coffee. Careful, it's hot. Your dog's so cute. Mm, yeah. Ooh, so adorable. Yeah, wow. Right. We both know it's the man. Makes the clothes. Come on. You know, you look nice. Okay. We done? Hello, Mr. Walken. Does this table work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Did someone say yeah? Don't you got somewhere to be? Yeah. <laughs> oh. There's only one Christopher Walken and only one ultimate driving machine. The rest are just imitations. Come on. That was solid. Uh, that was, that was solid. Good. What What was the brand? Uh, I don't even know what the BMW. car was. BMW. Was it BMW? It was BMW. Okay. For electric? That's not the original. I don't know. What are they trying to do? They, I mean, that's not the original electric. There's only one original, right? Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm sure they're pretty original with it. I'm sure they're, they were right there with it. Electric. Uh, everybody's dipping their toes in the electric waters these days. Um, there was, oh man, what's the other one that I was pretty good where, Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The one with, uh, and I don't, again, I it shows you it must not be a good spot because I don't remember what they were promoting, but the one where Jennifer Aniston says, you know, you've got to forget something if you're going to learn something new. 
Uber Eats. Oh, is it Uber Eats? Yep. It's so like you have to you have to drop something out of your memory if you're going to remember something new. And so all these people are forgetting stuff. Like Usher's there. He's like, you know what? I'd really like to do the halftime show. And this was in the third quarter. Oh, and right then, after he did it. And then David Schwimmer comes up to her. And she's like, hey. And she's like, I don't know who you are. He's like, we worked together for 10 years. And she blew him off? Yeah, she blew him off. So, so yeah, that that those are about the only three that I think resonated with me. Did, at all. did you see the? What about the? Uh, I like the couch potato one. Did you like the couch? The Pluto TV yeah, that was couch solid. potato. Yeah, that was I thought right. it was hilarious. Yeah, that's one. If our buddy Adam Chase was in, he would he would be all about that one. I can tell that one would be a good one. Where the guy's out there farming and he's raising couch potatoes, and everybody's just Dressed looking like a, a big potato. potato with their remote. All right, there's your good. Let's. Uh, 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 can we skip the bad and just go to the ugly? Yeah, let's do it. And of course, the ugly. So you, I, I immediately thought about you, and I wanted to text you, but I knew we were both doing with parties and stuff like that, so I didn't want to bug you. So there's a lot of things that happen on a sideline because you experience things on sidelines. Sometimes we see things, and we're not, we didn't experience that world. And so that we we go like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. This is crazy. And then you'd be like, hey, you know, that stuff happens. It's not a big deal. So I wanted to get your opinion. Travis Kelsey, when he bumps Andy Reid, screams in his face, nearly knocking the coach down. Yeah. Both of them have downplayed it, said, and, and, and Andy Reid said, look, I tell my players to speak their mind. Uh, Travis Kelsey's like, he is, I, that man is responsible for my career. I love him. I was emotional. That's just how we are. This is Andy Reid kind of explaining his side of it. Patrick and Chris and, and Trav and the job, you know, that they've, they've done. Uh, they're, they're passionate players, man, and I love that. And even if they chest bump me to the other side of the 50, I mean, I've, I've, I appreciate it. I just love that the guy wants to play and wants to be in there playing, and he knows I love that. So he makes me feel young. Okay, I've got so many emotions over this. Like so many emotions. Um, first and foremost, you just have to paint the picture of what the moment was. Isaiah Pacheco had just fumbled it in the red zone. And Travis Kelsey had been taken off of the field for that play in particular. I'm sure that Travis felt like he should have been on the field, probably should have been involved with the play, probably should have been the target because he always feels like that. My very first emotion when I saw it, because I'm very protective of Andy Reid. He's been through a lot. He's a little bit older. He's still the stalwart, and I just love him. I look up to him a lot because as a former BYU guy, and he was a legend when I was playing at BYU, and so we just all have this grand love and admiration of Andy Reid. So when I see it, my first instinct is cut his Ace and get him the hell off the field. Don't play that idiot for another second. Tell him to take his stupid girlfriend and get the hell out of the stadium. I don't want to see his stinking backside the rest of my life. Like, that's the first emotion. I was angry. I clenched my jaw, clenched up my fists. I was mad. Yeah. And then you just have to take a deep breath, and you got to understand everything that's involved. you got to know what the player-coach relationship is. I've seen different relationships with players and coaches. Some players could get away with mass murder. Absolutely. And the coach would help that individual bury everybody. And he would justify every story of how everybody was murdered. That's how some players and coaches get along. And that sounds like this is the situation with Travis and Andy Reid. 
Andy knows what Travis's intentions are. He knows that Travis isn't there to hurt him. He's not there to punch him. He's just there to touch him on the arm, tap him up a little bit, and say, hey, you know I should have been on the field. That fumble would have never happened if you would have targeted me like you were supposed to. And, and so you have to know what those relationships are. So, yeah, I'm, I'm bitterly angry. It makes me sick that that happened on in front of hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. That Andy Reid would look to be disrespected like that. But I'm also smart enough and been around the game enough to know that coaches and players, they just each have their own unique relationships. And that relationship just happens to be that case. Yeah. Where Travis can express his displeasure by yelling in Andy's face, and Andy is a big enough man to understand, but I can take that. I know he just wants to be on the field. Your your uh, first take was right, by the way. I I still have a hard time with that. (laughs) I really do. Like, I know you're coming back down on a little bit, and I'm not as protective of Andy Reid, but I think for a guy that is responsible for Travis Kelsey's career, that is a really bad look and a really like I still have a hard time with it. I and and I'm, I really wanted to wait to get your opinion on it because I trust you and the yeah. locker room and, and sideline dynamics because you've lived through it. But I still like, hey, look, that still is a man of authority and you don't talk to him like that. Yeah. I mean, you like I get it. You're you're a superstar and you're probably making way more money than Andy Reid. And you're you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I get all of that. But you don't talk to a guy like that. You don't talk to your head coach like that. You don't touch your head coach like that. Agreed. And that is my first instinct. And that's why I really express express that deep anger. I I still have that deep anger. Yeah. That still really upset me deep in my guts. But I also know that these player relationships are different. I also want to paint some just some other perspective. If anybody would have ever touched Lavelle Edwards like that, once I got into my sophomore season where I was kind of a, a big dog and, and a starter and starting to start and and feeling like I could control some things, if anybody ever touched Lavelle like that, it would have been a complete come apart. Nobody touched Lavelle Edwards like that. There was too much respect. He, I, he nobody the, ever talked to Lavelle like that. Nobody dared talk to Lavelle like that. That, that that I ever saw. Now, maybe somebody did it before I was there, but I never saw anybody talk to Lavelle like that. The same with Jim Mora when I was with the Indianapolis Colts, and then I was with the Indianapolis Colts when T- Tony Dungy came in. I can't imagine anybody ever talking to Jim Mora or Tony Dungy like that. Peyton Manning wouldn't have talked to them like that. Marvin Harrison wouldn't have talked to them like that. Dallas Clark wouldn't have talked to them like that, our tight end. They wouldn't, he would, nobody would have talked to them that way. So, but I did see some position coaches that had those kinds of relationships where you could really bump up a position coach and, and yell in their face. But still, I, I still think that that demands a little bit of, of repercussion. Yes. Like Andy needs to say to him, Hey, Travis, look, I don't care, man. Fine. You want to have that kind of energy? Fine. But, when you bump me and scream in my face in front of 350 million viewers, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah. But I can also understand it because there's just different relationships well, across the board. And that's what I hope. Like, And, and Andy Reid took this, the high road and Travis Kelsey has taken the high road and everybody's like, look, we love each other. Everything's great. We just won the Super Bowl. Everything's fine. And I'm sure everything's fine. And then... And and Andy's not going to sell him out, but I do hope behind the scenes that conversation is like, hey, look, you know who you are and you know the career you're having. Guess what? A big part of that is because of me. 
and I'm going to let it slide and I got your back and I'll, I'll, I, I won't sell you out, but don't you ever, ever do that again. Ever. Um, <laughs> had they lost that game? If they would have lost, the conversation about that moment would have been quite a bit different. Yes, 100%. And maybe the fallout from that moment would have been different, too. Yep. Hey, nominate the youth sports volunteer you know for the Hercules Hero of the Week. Submit your nominations at kslsports.com slash contest and listen every Thursday afternoon to JJ and Alex for the winner. Again, brought to you by Hercules Credit Union. Hans and Scotty, the whole world news coming up next right here on The Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Joined now by Jason Cole, senior writer for the 33rdteam.com. I think one of the most fascinating things about Andy Reid is he doesn't sweat the control of other human beings the way a lot of coaches classically do. There's a lot of coaches out there who would have worried about the fact that Travis Kelsey was dating Taylor Swift. Andy Reid looks at and goes, yeah, cool, thanks, right? What are we doing? And that's the genius to me of Andy Reid is you let your guys be guys, run them as football players, allow them to be the human beings they want to be. And that's why I think he can sit back and actually enjoy the process of coaching and running games rather than worrying about a lot of stuff that he has no control over. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. We've got got the the whole world in in our our hands. and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, let's give away some tickets before we get to whole world news. Caller number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. Yeah, we'll win a pair of tickets to WWE SmackDown at Delta Center coming up on February 16th. You want those tickets? Well, all you have to do is be calling number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. Tickets will be sent out electronically via SeatGeek. So make sure you're calling number 12 and uh, get in on it. So I, know I haven't really ever talked to you about this, but outside of being... Guys, what do you smell? What the rock is cooking? Rock might be there. I've heard reports of rock might be there on Friday. You feel better, Lloyd? Feel good no. about that? I don't. I feel, actually feel worse. Yeah, you should feel worse. I can't even remember when I did that. Was that with yeah, the hands of Scotty? What the rock is cooking? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think it was before the Super Bowl when it was in Los Angeles. Oh, last was year. it? Yeah. Well, you could bury that thing. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal, Scotty. Outside of being a paleontologist, which you know I really, really wanted to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Um, a professional football player. 
a radio talk show host. I really did want to be a TSA agent with one of those sniffing dogs that discovers all kinds of things because I'm a bit of a looky-loo. I'm a, I'm a little bit of an ambulance chaser, not in the terms of an attorney, but in the terms of I want to see what, what's happening. Yeah. So you want to be like opening up some dude's suitcase and seeing what's in there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't that sound kind of cool to you? Like your dog sits and you're like, what's in there, Chief? All right. All right, Bob, open it up. <laughs> we'll see to, what you got in there. We're going to need to see what's in there. Okay, so this guy was returning from Africa, and one of the TSA agent's dogs pointed on a, on a piece of luggage, but it was weird point. And so the TSA agent goes, so what do you got in the bag, fella? Because he's coming from Africa. Yeah. And the guy goes, uh, dried fish. And he said, my, my dog's not trained to act like this on dried fish. You've got something in that bag, and I'm going to need to see what it is. And the guy got all sheepish, and he's like, oh, no, it's just dried fish. I, I, I don't think we need to open the bag. And he said, open up the bag, or else there's going to be problems. So this guy unzips his bag, and there are four dead large monkeys that have been dried out and, and mummified. This is chilled monkey brain. <laughs> huh? What's that from? Oh, come on. Lloyd knows that. Temple of Doom. When they pop off the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's yeah. But it, but it was kind of that scene. Yeah. So outroll these dead monkeys. And the reason the dog and, and this is something I learned as as I'm Seeing, you know, if I could be, maybe I can moonlight as a TSA agent okay. with a dog's, a sniffing dog. They look for bush meat. They're trained to sniff out bush meat. Do you know what bush meat is? Uh, no. It's any type of fermented, dehydrated, or rotted meat that comes from out of the country. And bush meat brings Ebola virus. Oh, yeah. yeah. And bush meat. I guess if it's thrown on a bat, could even be COVID nineteen. No, like, like bush meat is bad. People could lay off eating exotic animals. We may have gotten our two thousand twenty back. See, and that's what drives me nuts. Stop eating monkeys. <laughs> Bats, monkeys. Stop it. Stop it. You got good cows. You got good pigs. That are raised the Chickens. right way. They're, Come on. They're raised to eat. Yeah. But people are are shooting monkeys out of a tree and dehydrating them and bring them in the country. Look, I've never been interested in any monkey jerky. <laughs> oh, no, man, no. I tell you, put that in some teriyaki sauce, you got yourself a meal. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh, you know what that is, Clark? That's a orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no orangutan. Oh. I don't want eight. So meat. is this guy behind bars? Like, what's, yeah. what's the penalty here? Yeah, they took all the meat, and uh, they're they're actually doing a further search. They're keeping them under surveillance. Well, good, good. That's what you get for bringing dead monkeys into this yeah, country. It really, this story bugs me because I, man, I adore monkeys. You know, they got the opposable thumbs, and they got tails that they can swing by. And it, when you look at them, they look like they're thinking. How well, could you eat that? Well, I mean. Pigs can think, too. Yeah, but, but pigs can't pick up a piece of banana and eat it like a human. 
They've got cloven hooves. All right. Hans and Scotty, we're live here. Nate's hanging out with us. We're at Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's Day is coming up. You're a guy, which means you usually screw it up or you wait to the last second. Uh, it pretty much is the last second, Nate, uh, especially if you want deliveries. You need to get those in now. Yep, for sure. Yeah, we we always max out on deliveries every year. Um, so, now, obviously, there's always still the option to come pick up, but if you do need it uh, delivered, I would do it as soon as possible. We've already had, I don't six, seven great listeners that have come in, said hi, grabbed some candy, grabbed a jazz shirt. We still have, is it one jazz shirt available, Sean? Two? Two. Two jazz shirts available, so you can come in, grab a jazz shirt while you're grabbing a bouquet. But it is so great to see our listeners coming in to treat their significant others the right way for Valentine's. And, Nate, that's got to be a great part of your job where – you're really getting to help people build up their relationships. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's not just with flowers. I mean, we have other stuff here as well. We got stuffed animals. We have um, custom artificial silk. You know, all of our silk arrangements are custom made. We have a guy um, who's been with us for over 40 years that he hand makes all the silk arrangements, artificial arrangements in here. So we have those. We have Mickey blankets. We have candles. Um, chocolates, all different kind of things too. How hard is it to not stay out of the out of the chocolates? <laughs> you know, it's hard. I try not to eat them too much. Um, you know, it's hardest when you come here after hours and no one's here and you're oh, like, oh yeah, that sounds good. You know, you just ate dinner and you're here late. You know, doing some, finishing up some stuff. You're like those look good. So, but yeah, we try not try not to eat too many of them for you, sure. But do you ever get a call from Mike and like? <laughs> Hey, son. Inventory's a little low. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my – so Jimmy is my grandpa who passed mm-hmm. away a few years ago. But he uh, he was famously known for eating the candy out of our stores. And so my grandma um, would always, you know, come back. He'd come help a little bit at the store, do some things. And then my grandma would come back later in the day and start emptying her jacket full of, like, candy bars and truffles. She's like, hey, Dad took these today. You can have them back, you know. <laughs> So he started eating all the candy. He's like, so. I'm Jimmy. I get to eat the candy. My name's on exactly. the plate. Grandpa <laughs> Jimmy gets to do whatever Grandpa Jimmy wants yeah. to do. And someone's going to carry on the tradition. Absolutely. Though, so. yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what. You guys do such a great job. you got three locations, Leighton, Ogden, Bountiful. You have a limited number of deliveries available. Uh, go to jimmysflowers.com or any of the locations. And I love the fact, and Hans mentioned this earlier, if if you just you don't know what to do, you can come in and say, hey, look, here's my budget. I got 100 bucks, 75 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Make something beautiful. They can do that. Or you've got pre-made bouquets that you can just pick up and walk out of the store with. Yep. So we have um, so we have wrap bouquets that are made um, that come fresh from the farms as well. Um, so we have those. We can do custom wraps bouquets that we that our people can do here. Um, and then, like you say, any arrangement in a vase, we can make them custom here. So. Just want to remind everybody how beautiful those women are in our lives, how incredible and emotional and how much it means to them when you show them this bouquet of fresh flowers or, as Nate mentioned, if you want to do the silk that lasts forever or you want to get something else that says I love you, they've got it here. And it just means the world to those amazing women in our lives. Take care of them. Make them feel loved. Make them feel important. And, and you can do that with a bouquet from Jimmy's. Yeah. I mean, even my wife, she always tells me she doesn't get enough flowers. Oh, really? I was oh, kind of wondering if that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nate, that's Maybe that, bad... makes, that makes me sound bad, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, I, you know, I try and get her some different things. She's like, I just want, you know, some, I'm not picky, just some roses or something. I'm like, don't you want to see some other stuff, you know? But she, 
she says she never gets enough, so I need to do better at that. Well, so. I'll tell you what. We all need to do better, and you can knock it out of the park here at Jimmy's Flowers. Go to jimmysflowers.com or the one of the three locations, Leighton, Ogden, Bountiful, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Can't you want candy?